Welcome to the Warrior Goddess Revolution, a podcast dedicated to helping you get free, free of shame, free of fear, free of limitations, and free to become the woman you are meant to be. Let the inner revolution begin. Here's your host, Heather Ash Amara. Hey, welcome everyone. Welcome back to Warrior Goddess Revolution. I have been waiting for this interview for so long. It feels like we've had to reschedule a couple times and now our our lives have woven back together and our time has woven back together. So really just so delighted to introduce all of you to Oceana Sawyer, a long, long time friend and beloved of mine that, how long has it been since we didn't see each other? 30 years? Oh, yeah, that sounds right. 30 mm-hmm. years, because didn't we like we met the I know the year we met because I just turned 30. I was having my Saturn return, which is why I was doing that apprenticeship program with Gerdwin. So, darling, that was 30 years ago. Oh <laughs> so it's been about 25 years since we've seen each other. Wow. Yeah. So wild. And I've always, so we were in an apprenticeship together with a woman named Caridwin Fallingstar, which I talk about her often. And um, it was a really life-changing couple of years. And our little group got really, really close. We met monthly and there was so much intimacy and depth. And that was Caridwin's first apprenticeship circle. So it was like this just... I feel like, and we talked about this, like we'd all been in each other's lives for thousands of years and we got pulled back together again. <laughs> oh, <laughs> With all the like, yes, the beauty and the, and the trauma and chaos that ensued. <laughs> I remember there were 13 of us. So we were like a proper coven. We were a proper coven. The Euro um, yes. centric uh, view of that. It was so good. I'm glad you brought back that part about the lifetimes that we had been together. So that when we dropped in, it was like, oh, we know you. Yes. Hi, we're back. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then it felt like that when you and I connected again. And I can't remember if it was Ana Luisa Tish talk or if it was through Sophie and something. But all of a sudden I'm like, Luciana, I'm like, is that you? <laughs> oh my God, it's Heather Ash. And we're like chatting in the back. It was on a Zoom. So we're it like, was. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> intimate Zoom. I mean, I think we probably both, no, no, we both did some bigger Sophie stuff. Yeah. But um, yes, it, I think wherever we are on Zoom, we start chatting. So <laughs> just really soon. Yeah. Yeah, I love the weaving back. So today we are going to explore just some of my favorite topics around eldering. And let's start there. So what is, okay, I'm going to pause. Share a little bit about yourself first. Just give everyone some context rather than just oh, hey, we met yeah, here just, like tell us more about you <laughs> i'm like everybody knows like i was no. gonna say everybody knows my friend and oh why are we talking oh God, yes so i'm so glad you didn't ask that question that 
most interviewers ask me and then I start giggling. I don't know. I lose my, but you know, that is a question that says, so Oceana, tell, tell us about yourself. Who? No, it's more like, so who is Oceana? Somebody asked me that one time yeah. and I just could not no. stop laughing. <laughs> like, yeah. oh my God, what a great existential question. <laughs> I've been so many people. I've been so many things. Um, but yes, I, um, in my current iteration, it's great that we're talking about this place where we started because I feel like I, and we talked about this, I think a little while ago, I feel like I, I'm coming full circle. And, and, and of course, I just had my second Saturn return. So here I am uh, back again um, in all things earthy, witchy, primordial, um yeah all the places that i i love to go during my first saturn return i am back and then i took a i took there have been many you know iterations of it between the first saturn return and the second one but you know there was that corporate training and then there was therapy and then there was graduate school more graduate school and and then finally landing in living in an intentional community um, for all oh, 20 years and doing in community, like living in the community and studying sensuality. Wow. Uh, sensuality. Yeah. And so I did that for like 20 years. And living in community, I started moving into aging in place like how are we going to live together and grow old together um this is a bunch of baby boomers so it was up and i got deep into that which is how i think i i feel like i have arrived today in this sort of intersection of eldering eldership and um you know eco-womanism always sensuality <laughs> and and then I think liberation. You know, I, I did some diversity training also. That's part of my whole arc. But I just really love since 2020 how people are talking about it now. This, you know, we're way beyond getting seats at tables now. And I love that. And I was there. Believe me, I was all about it. And uh, I have a really funny story about that. <laughs> the moment when I was like, you know, I don't think the strategy is actually going to work. Um, but now how people are talking about it in terms of no, no, no seats at tables, you know, now we're creating our own tables. We're, because, you know, we're in a period of time now that's, you know, when I was doing diversity training 20 years ago, modernity was still a fairly solid concept. You know, it's just going to, we're just going to keep progressing using progressing see that's the word right there right progressing what is that progressing in modernity and is about consuming things and you know taking up more and more space and consuming more and more stuff so that model was fairly stable up until and it depends on who you talk to but i would say you can really seriously the last 10 years you could just really start to chart the the climate changes in real visceral ways now 
And of course, people in the global south have been affected by um, the climate changes for decades. And it's just catching up to us in the global north. So there's that happening. And you know, you look at the political instability in the United States and truly around the world, um, different places around the world. And, you know, so there's many fronts on which things have shifted and they're no longer the way they were. They're not no longer sustainable. So um way we're talking about liberation now it's not about any seats at tables because there are no tables you can you can you can you're sitting here watching the tables crumble in front of you like no i think you you keep trying to put band-aids on that work that out and i'm going to go over here and do a bio okomalafe move which is i'm going off to fugitive space i'm going way off way off the plantation way out into the borderlands um with my ragtag band of all manner of beings um and we're gonna figure it out fall into some cracks as bio says and, and see what we see and of course falling into cracks is this other methodology way i i'm really quite familiar with because you know this way of i spent what what was it like three four years being a death doula I said I wasn't going to talk about this, but I will say that 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 liminal space of living until you are no longer physically, and then those the that little bit of moments, you know, I say moments. It's it could take you know weeks, but you know that part of active dying, that liminal space where you're really between the worlds. That is so cool that's you you know you know me I, I i love that 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 part between the veils you know when you're between the worlds i just i can hang out i mean you can't really hang out there it's not a space to hang out in actually in fact i think it gets kind of weird if you're just hanging in liminal space but it's a nice place to travel into through and out of and back again and, and do that you know as many times as you want um you know actually now that i'm talking to you about this didn't you you have you used to lead groups at some point into what peru mm -hmm. um to do ayahuasca ceremonies we didn't do ayahuasca i mean i was part of a group that was kind of a special case where we did ayahuasca mostly we took people down to Peru and Mexico to get their their world shifted by being in a completely different culture connection to the earth. I think what impacted me the most going to Peru was I remember I was living in California at the time and I came back from Peru and I was like, oh my God, we're destroying the earth. And it, mm. it wasn't a, a thought I'd gotten, I'd had the experience in Peru of how much people loved the earth and took care of the earth. And of course, this isn't everywhere. Like this isn't a, you know, um, like Peru is perfect. It's not, but there's a place where like every place, no place is perfect. There is a place where the people are so deeply in love with the earth 
Mm. Is this con- the connection is still very strong there. Mm. I remember my body coming back to California and feeling the way we were doing agriculture in California and our relationship, and it was really difficult. Um, and that's when that was one of the first really visceral, like I can't do it the way we've been doing it. Like I have to get my body out of here. Is that when you left California? Because you. So I remember when you were yeah. doing guiding people there and you did that yeah. for a few years before you left California. Yeah, I I had a center in Berkeley for a number of years. Right. Um, and it took a while. I mean, I stayed put even after I had that that feeling sense. Uh, and it was really good when I moved to New Mexico. Mm-hmm. It's we just have it, there's just a different relationship here than California. And there's so much more open space and there's a lot of, you know, we have a lot of trauma because there's a lot was a lot of genocide here. I mean, a lot of tribes, a lot of dislocation, like everywhere. And it's very present here, I would say. And there's also deep, like it doesn't feel like being in the United States, which is part of what I love about New Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I flew into Albuquerque to do some diversity training back in 2005. Yeah. And I'm, I'll never forget it. Just coming into the air, just coming, not even, not even on the ground, just coming into the space, the airspace. And I immediately felt like, oh my God, there's a spring. It feels like descending into spring water. Like, what is that? I just, and the, you know, I, we did some, we did like, I don't know, maybe two, three workshops there. They weren't that great, honestly. <laughs> um, but um, I'll just never forget the feeling of being there. And I thought when we took off, I'm coming back. I haven't been back. Well, that's not true. I went to Santa Fe once, but yeah, I think, don't you think there's something about when you have wandered the planet and then you arrive in a place that sort of like is your place and you feel it in your body, like, oh, this is my place. I will be here doing whatever it is I'm supposed to be, I'm meant to be doing. There's nothing like that. And I really feel like people should wander until they find that place. Um, If they feel, you know, like they're, that would be a good thing. Maybe they don't. But I feel like, I think that's, that's another piece of this whole, you know, coming back into witchy time you know connection to earth and all the all the living beings again um is i arrived here i mean i left california in 2020 (laughs) during the racial reckoning i was not trying to move during the pandemic but i just couldn't be where i was so i came here and i went to college here and so I thought, well, this is a friendly feeling place to me. I'll just come back to Seattle uh, area. And of course, I couldn't live in a I couldn't live in a city anymore. I've been living on twenty three acres in the East Bay for too long. 
But, you know, we found this little town on the Olympic Peninsula and just driving through it, both and my my partner and I both, both went like, what is this place? We're looking around like we're trying to like anchor this like intense pull to something we can see and there's nothing we can see. It's a cute town, you know, it's got some art, you know, but, um, you know, my vision was to create intentional community among people of the global majority. And I thought I would do that up here in a, in a, on someone's land. It turned out when I got up here, that was, they weren't quite ready for that, which is fine. Cause it allowed me to find the place I'm in now, which you couldn't, we didn't know. Like, why are we here? We don't know. We don't care. But it took us about a year and a half. And we, you know, our tiny houses were built. They were, they were delivered to us and they arrived on this land we're on now. And Heather, I can't even describe to you. I think you know what I'm talking about. Of all people I've talked to, you know what I'm talking about. When you arrive at the place you're supposed to be, it's like all of the work you're supposed to do, the reason you're supposed to be existing in this period of time, just kind of just comes into full technicolor view. Like, oh, okay. This is what I, I've arrived at this moment in my journey, and this is where I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. It's just like crystal clear. And it hasn't been all, it hasn't been easy, but it hasn't been hard either. It's been like this, like, complete labor of love even the hard stuff is like okay well this must be the cost of you know living this amazing life i'm living so um and i'm willing to pay it but you know i'm sitting here now because of all that and you probably have a similar view out your window but i'm sitting here now and did i tell you this already the tree outside my window i have a tree ken outside my window this fir here show you this Oh yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah, yeah right that's there. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that's my tree kin. Um, um and we just I sit here at my desk doing whatever Zoom work, writing thing I do, and we're just communing all day. And then all the beings on this land, I mean that's just one being. There are other beings, and I just feel really held here. Mm. And you know, actually, this is kind of the thing I want to talk with Sophie about on Sunday is like this idea of how you come to have an understanding that you are not a single organism, right? How the borders of the your what you who you thought you were start to get fuzzy. And so, you know, the skin is permeable. And the the aura is permeable. The energy is permeable. Your your the microbiome, you know, is like all, you know, in in happening, you know, in the dance with the place that you are, and that sort of way of existing and being in conversation with. You know, the places you can go when you're really in conversation with your your own watershed. <laughs> you know, I feel like I, I, I think everybody travels around in their own watershed. And it's just like any of the other what we traditionally called watersheds. People know whatever degree about 
uh, their watershed that they know. But I think it's important to become acquainted with it, right? So you can know what's informing you and be more <laughs> informed, you know, just more, uh, uh, yeah, more informed yeah. by what is actually impacting them. Yeah. And here's a question for you. When you lived in, I mean, it's mind-blowing to me that you lived in community for 20 years. That's a long time. So was that more human-centered? And yes. now that you're where you are and you're not necessarily in a human community, you're, it just feels like you're reaching out to form community of non-human more. And maybe that was already happening, but. Well, well, first of all, yes. Um, the place I was living was certainly more human centered. Um, you know, it was, it was a community placed based on sensuality. So it was definitely more um, human body based, honestly. Mm -hmm. But I do feel like, you know, once you have had in your lifetimes that uh, that mind expanding awareness that you are all the things and all the things are you, whether you've done it through psychedelics or whatever altered states and we've had and we have you and I <laughs> many mm -hmm. back in the day and I know we both have had many many more since then but you know it's hard to like not you can only put your blinders onto that for I think so long and and it's on, and there's a little bit of constriction there and it's a little bit like uh, and you become numb I think you have to numb yourself to actually exist in places like that which is sort of interesting, considering the what I was being researching and training in. Um, yeah, I just, um, I just kind of feel like, also, like that wasn't wrong yes. for that moment in time. In fact, the information and skills I have now from that moment in time are the very things that are allowing me to exist here today in the way that I am. Now I can, you know, move between my two tiny houses, you know, going from the shower in one building over to, you know, the in the other building um, and feel the exchange of energy and cells and breath and all these different elements, the exchange against my my naked, you know, body and the permeate the you know permeability of my of my skin as I pass through, you know, the the environment from one place to another, and just know that that's a whole dance, mm -hmm. and feel that like feel that I mean like really feel that like all the way feel that because that's what I was trained to do you know for the past 20 years was feel all the feels feel everything and then you can choose what you want to not feel um for the most part but it's good to have access to all your senses and and then you can make decisions about which ones you use and which ones you don't but 
certainly that training to feel and enjoy all of that to the extent that I I can, you know, came from that that experience and I wouldn't trade it. I think it's the thing that has me be even more present here. Yeah. Yeah. And that place of learning how to be in pleasure. I talk about this a lot of how we're so domesticated out of pleasure in all the ways, like, (laughs) right? (laughs) Sensuality, sexuality, drinking your cup of tea, taking like everything. Um, And so often when I start talking about pleasure, people are like, ah, you mean sex? I'm like, no, I mean life. Life. So I love your, I can totally see you dancing as you go outside and feel all of the flow of life in all of its manifestations moving through you and that your, your instrument, your body, the instrument of your body is more and more tuned to those subtle flows as well as your um you know i've heard you you speak we've had conversations and i've also heard you ask questions when we've been in class to go you know we've happened to be in classes together and i'm like nailed it damn girlfriend that also the way that you you hold information i don't know how to say this exactly that your perspective is so vast and broad and includes so many things and for me, that's part of this idea that we talked about of, around eldering, that it's not around age. It's around having the widest possible perspective. Mm. And also, this is just my definition, so I want to know what yours is, of, of the long story, that you're connected to the long story. Oh, gosh. First of all, can we just say... There is hardly anything more delicious than being an old. <laughs> I mean, it's just <laughs> true. True. So good. I know. Oh Why do they keep God. telling us we should be young when we're like, this is where it's at? Hello. Oh my God. It's it, these these must be <laughs> young people trying to sell this because all the older people are like, are you kidding? I would not be 20 again if you paid me. I couldn't do it. Why would I do that? Because you, you, it's like you come to a point in your life and you have done all the things that you were going to do when you were young, you know, and I feel fortunate that I have. Um, all the goals I had as a young person, I achieved them and way more than that. So this is definitely the icing part of my life. I've done the whole cake. I've done two, maybe three cakes, you know. This is definitely the icing. Um, Again, I'm also fortunate and privileged that, um, you know, I had a a, a parent, a single mom who worked very hard. And, um, oh, my God, um, may her soul rest in joy. Um, Passed on right before the pandemic. Always had a great sense of timing, Vivian. (laughs) She's like out of here. (laughs) Oh yeah, I see this. I I know she. I'm seeing where this is going. I think I'll be out now. And you know, left uh, a lot of resources uh, so I could really um, spend the time to delve into what is this time. 
you know, and, um, you know, again, the choices I made in my life, uh, I feel like I just, um, at this point now where it just feels like, you know, that thing you were talking about where you can just like see a broad story and weave things together. I have the, I have the space in my body and my mind to, and I, to, to do that, to weave those things, to, to see, to see the long view. And it's, it's so delicious. It's so, and in fact, now that I'm talking to you, I've never talked about it this way before, but I kind of feel like it's one of those privileges that I feel should be held with um, great care and respect. Like, it's not for me to play golf the rest of my life and, you know, pass on material wealth to, you know, whatever, you know, greedy family members. Um, not that I'm opposed to taking care of people, but um, I feel like, and this is, I think this is true for anybody, no matter what your circumstances are, to arrive at a moment in your life where you know the thing that you're supposed to do from here. You know, all of your experiences, all, everything comes together in this, in this like diamond of like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And in this, and it's not even like I'm supposed to do X, Y, and Z. It could be, but it's more like, don't you, do you feel this? It's more, it's more like this felt sense of, I have arrived. And um, with this arrival, I will now be doing my very best to contribute to the world in whatever way I can in the time that I have left. It could be decades or it could be tomorrow. You know, none of us knows, but um, there's something really juicy about arriving at a moment that is just, there's no more striving. It's just, you're you're living just really so much at the moment because what future, this anyway that we're having right now, so the future is like, a, but you know, in a lifetime to arrive in a moment where it's just, yeah, I'm just in it. And I'm bringing all of my gifts. You're not even questioning what your gifts are anymore, right? You know exactly what they are. The amount of away, but diminishes quite a bit. And then you just do the things you, you know to do. And I think this other part is really good too about eldering is you can, it's like watching television sometimes. It's not that I watch television, but you know, it's like watching a movie where you you watch people do, you know, a couple different moves and you go, oh, I know how this is going to turn out. <laughs> do you have that experience? I kind of love, I love to sit back and go, oh, yes, I can see how this is going to turn out. And, you know, I am learning that you can't tell people that necessarily. You know, sometimes I just go, well, I don't know if it's going to turn out the way you think, but go ahead and, you know, um, get back to me if you need anything. <laughs> yes, I am cackling. 
Oh my God, it's so much fun to watch this go down. Because, you know, the other thing too that's so great is that, you know, you are this older person. So there is a way that that sort of invisibility that I remember people, when I was in my 40s, I started hearing about my peers talking about how as they got women, as they got older fans, that they started to feel invisible. And, you know, I would hear that, you know, 20 years ago, and I gotta say, some part of me was like, really? Wow, I can't wait for that. But of course, there is a downside to being invisible. I mean, that's, I've, I've had some moments in stores and stuff, just like they talk about. Um, but that's so trivial compared to the, the uh, upside of just being able to, to not being part of the fray anymore and just to watch, you know, the calisthenics of <laughs> people's emotional rides that I like to go on when they're I'm younger. Um, but, you know, I will say one of the things that I did around eldering that I didn't, I didn't foresee 10 years ago, but as I was approaching my 60th birthday, when I turned 59, I felt it. I knew it then. I thought, I this is a, a portal experience, and I'm going to need to have a some kind of ritual will need to occur here. Oh, actually, you know what I was just remembering about when we were in that uh, work with Cardwin? Didn't we do initiations for each other? We did. Not everybody. But Not everybody, but some people did. Yes. That was, yes. Oh, I just remembered that. Wow. Okay. And probably because of that experience, I thought I should, I, this, is, this is a moment that's calling for that. And so I spent about a year just kind of like letting it sit, letting it bubble up, you know, let's see what's going to come. What does it want to be? And then in my customary micromanaging manner, about three months out, I started, you know, planning this ritual. You know, who, who's going to be there? Yeah. Fortunately, I, again, one of the reasons I live in this place and feel so at home in it is because the people, God, the people. You know, when you live in a place that's mostly forest um, and agricultural land, first of all, there's not a lot of people of color. There's not a lot of people of the global majority here. Um, but, you know, as I say, um, I refuse to see the beautiful places to white supremacy. So I'm here. And my friends are here. And it's very, it's very different kind of, there's a very particular kind of people who live in a place like this. There are people who are close to the earth. Yes. And so I called in my friends, Liz, the witchy people and said, I'm going to, I want to do this ritual and I want you to be a part of it. And I love it. it would, you know, help me organize it and preside over it, you know? And they said, yes. And I said, oh, great. And I thought it was going to be like my 50th birthday, which was horrible. Oh, my God. Horrible. Mm -hmm. I won't even go down that road. But anyway, I said very early 
And when I was 50, I wasn't going to plan my own 50th birthday party. And then I ended up having to do that. And it was exactly how I imagined the worst. Um, but this was not that. But I tried to not re recreate that experience, right? And then they finally said to me, Oceana, stop. We got this. <laughs> it's so rare that anybody says that to me, Heather. I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and, and I knew they had it. Yes. I mean, I think I had a full body orgasm. I was like, really? Thank <laughs> you. Go. Thank you. Take it. <laughs> oh, God. Take me there, Calgon. And they did. They they had this ritual on my land right here. I just arrived here. Oh, wow. I'm looking at this spot, actually. And um, yeah, about 13 women came together on this uh, sunny day on the day I, on my actual birthday and gathered. And because I was new in town, I didn't know many of them well at all. I just had met them. We had a nice affinity and connection. And Velda and Elizabeth, I knew the most. But what unfolded was I can't even, I could not have planned that if I tried. It was like, it wasn't even the actions. It was this energy. You could feel it. The, the community called, made a space for an elder. That's what they did. I just happened to be the the assign the assign the excuse, but the community was looking for an elder, mm -hmm. and they created a they opened up a space for an elder, and I stepped into it, and it was this interesting moment. You know how it is when you're standing on a precipice like that. You think, you know, of course, you have self doubt. Oh, am I really like? But then at this point you go, well, yes, of course. I mean, it's good. It's going to be what it is. So here we go. We're, we're, we're stepping into this space. And even then in that moment, you can't actually know what it is you're doing. You just trust that this is the thing that it's meant for you to do. So you, you do that. And oh my God, I should send you these pictures. Um, since that moment, when a community makes a space for an elder and they assign you to that spot, then it's kind of cool because it's very easy because they have assigned you the spot. So you just kind of be in the spot. You occupy the spot. Um, so the things you say and do have a certain import. So you need to be careful about the things you say and do which is what you would do anyway if you're being a responsible adult. You also get plenty of permission to be wacky and crazy, you know. <laughs> That's kind of fun, too. The profundity that comes in when a community calls you in to that spot, and then you watch all of the, the implicate order that is inherent in a role like that because the energy, because the community called in that energy, you just sort of watch it unfold. And I think because of it, this vision I had when I came into, when I left the community I was in, my vision was fairly small. I maybe, I don't know, maybe it was big. I wanted just to live among people of the global majority. 
that was my, and I just repeated that over and over and over, wherever I went, I'm looking for land, want to create community, local majority. And because I lived in community for 20 years, I had a lot of certainty about how to do it. I, there's no guarantees, but I do have a lot of information and certainty that it will, it, it can work. There will be ups and downs and you will get through them. Um, and so recognized right away that because I had that 20 years of experience, I was probably the only one here who knew it could work. And then because I've been called in, people were willing to go, you know, down the road with me for little ways. And I, I've just, I have that vision now, Heather, oh my God, is I'm like living it. Just this, just like a month ago, I was looking for this this hook. What's the hook? Because you just live together, then you got to find a way for people to come together. And if without a, a religious or a spiritual or some tradition, some container, it's kind of it's been a little bit hard. But I found one a month ago. It emerged: <laughs> food resilience. So out of so this little vision now has a. a and it's going to be inside of a food resilience project, which is, of course, is a multi-generational. It's about feeding people. It's about coming together. It's about eating, breaking bread around the table once a week, every Sunday. You know, there's a so this is um this is, you know, this is something new that's just emerged, just emerged, really just emerged. So that is um I feel like when you have vision as an elder your visions maybe are not so much about you anymore that they're really about um community and they're bigger and i don't think you can have those kind of visions or maybe you can but i think they i think they look and feel different when you get to be this point in your life because uh, lots of people at any age have these grand plans for, you know, big groups of people and coming together and people built. In fact, I know some people, um, Bronte and Jordy have, are creating community and, and they're quite young and they're doing a beautiful job of it. And it's, uh, it's reparations, it's land back, it's living, you know, on the land, with the land, for the land, you know, it's a, it's a gorgeous vision, really. But it's different, and um, not that these—not that any of these visions are in competition or better or worse. You know, it's just different. So, I'm just really so happy to be able to feel like I'm that that vision is actually happening, and I get to be in a spot where I'm manifesting the visions that contribute to people's lives honestly yeah yeah and it sounds like you had the willingness to let go of the old dream well you know it's you were saying this is what i want this is what i want this is what i want and then there was a way that you then ask for from the depth of your heart i want an initiation and that that instead of you crafting the initiation, because I think the 
like initiations are really the community creates an initiation mm -hmm. and holds us through it. And so the community created that initi initiatory experience and also saw you. And in the seeing of you, invited you to see that in yourself and to hold that. And it sounds like you then waited for the vision to come. Oh, you said a number of really important things. Um, let's start with initiation. Because I asked for an initiation. But when you said that, I realized, actually, I might have said the words, but the community was looking for an initiatory experience for itself. And I just happened to be the excuse for it. So that happened. The, the beloved community birthed itself in that, you know, experience. Um, and then, oh, I lost the other thread. Which is another part about aging, which is so cool. <laughs> I'm tackling again. I'm sorry. I love arriving in a room and not remembering why I'm there. It does not bother me. I am just like, oh, okay, well, I'm here. I guess it will come. <laughs> I'll just hang out. In, in the meantime, yeah, I guess I'll have some, you know, coffee or chocolate or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh yeah, I remember why I'm here. It's every time it's so exciting. <laughs> like, oh, I remember. Oh, wow. It's like Christmas. Like, oh, I remember. <laughs> okay, so this is my my question for you that it, the amount of joy that you have and presence and play and and we talked about earlier about having a vision that you are very aware of what's happening on the planet with climate change, with racial, the racial reckoning that's been happening, like all the multiple, I think of like crashes that are happening right now. Collapses. There's head on, mm -hmm. like things have got to shift and it's, the tensions are getting more and more and more intense. How do you hold your joy? And how do you hold a vision that, that you can stick with that doesn't feel like this isn't enough or I should be doing something else. How have you landed in yourself in the way that you have? Oh, well. <laughs> a small question. Oh, no. I mean, it's, no, it's a great question. I'm, <laughs> I'm only chuckling because um, and I'm not cackling. Now I'm chuckling um, because I know something you don't know and you're about to know it. <laughs> Here we go. Big reveal. I um I began training to be in a state of orgasm for three hours, or really as long as I wanted to be. So that's key because when you have when you know of your own body and energy to that degree that you can at will be in a state of orgasm then 
it, it's accessible. So all of that, all of that exquisite joy is always available. It's just a, a thought and intention away. Yes. Like it is right now. And you also know that, or I also know that in that state, that doesn't mean I'm out of control. There's no out of control flailing around when you're, you know, in a state of orgasm for three hours. You couldn't do it. That's just like not even tenable. But what is tenable is to be relaxed and to be certain of your own capacity for joy and pleasure. That is all that there is. It's funny. I just told this to my Pilates teacher yesterday. She's like, she bought me ice cream. She's like, couldn't believe it. Blew her mind. Like, really? No, no. You just have to relax, you know, and let the energy flow through you. That's all there is, is this cosmic, universal, deeply primordial energy. You are just opening to the pleasure of that energy flowing through you for as long as you want. It doesn't have to, in five minutes could be enough. Five hours could be enough. It just depends. And that, and that again, is a way that you come to know yourself. You know, it's like, and that's another, I'm, I'm going to tie this all back together, don't worry. But that's another piece of that training is to actually know yourself. Because not everything is pleasurable all the time, every time. You have to know, and I, you know, I wrote a whole book on this, right? You have to know in the moment, what is the thing that actually feels good to you right now? Whether you're on a subway, or you're sitting in your chair, or you're in school, you know, what is the thing that actually feels good right now? And then what would have it feel even better? What is the next most pleasurable thing I could do? And it might be nothing, or it might be adding in another one of your senses or whatever it is, but so this capacity to know yourself, to know that you have quite a lot of, you can determine your experience. There we go. Um, to a large degree. Not, this is not absolute, but to a large degree, right? And so that's how you can arrive, I think, at a vision that is big enough and sustainable. Because I have, I guess I, I guess I have a certainty that all I have to, because it's vision is like not about place or people it has to be this many people are on that place and this, you know, kind of conditions. That's not even the vision. The vision is, can we, can actually the vision is, can we live together? Can we make it together through these times, these, this extinction event, these, the current state, which I was talking about modernity being solid in, you know, our, in our youth, which is now pretty liquid, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of, you can, you can Google it. There's a lot of theory about, you know, in modernity now, this very fluid state, you know, so, but you can navigate that state, right? If you can, 
if you know your own energy, if you know how to ride waves of energy, then it just becomes more of like, oh, you know, we can make this. This is how, in my mind, I'm just thinking, you know, just you just ride this current wave and the wave will ebb and it flows. And that's something you know when you age, when you're an elder, right? And by the way, I will say, eldering is not about age. <laughs> I know plenty of younger people than me who are elders. I bow to them. Um, it's, and I know plenty of people older than me that I would not call an elder. Right. Um, so it's, it's, I don't know, how to, how would you say that, actually? Is, is eldership like, it's, it's a state of mind, it's a way of being, it's a, it's all, is it, is it kind of like this energetic shift? Is it, oh, maybe it's the state you get into when you know your own, you know, this is this is how my folks taught, right? When you know your own mind, you have arrived at eldership. Yeah. And, and the realization, like the body knowing of knowing yourself intimately and understanding that you are everyone and that everyone is you. Yes. And that there isn't a difference. Yes. Yes. And you know, I think it's this kind of this the same way of being which i've been talking about in terms of like orgasm but it's actually that's just such a small word to talk about really what i'm talking about is like universal kind of more like the universe creating itself so this is where i had the great good fortune of coming across a man named cliff Burian who is a drummer and a musician and a deep time enthusiast. <laughs> so he turned me on to these concepts of deep time, which is pretty much what it sounds like, right? Deep time. So from the big bang or whenever to now, and it's still unfolding. So it's a, it's a long arc of time. That's one plane that deep time exists on. And I especially like talking about deep time for African diasporic people because we tend to talk about our history like it began with the, with colonizers arriving and it's up until the present. So that's, we're talking about, even if, forget about the slave trade, Europeans arriving on the continent of Africa, okay? Less than 20% of the total civilized African culture, less mm. 20%. There was 80% of life and knowledge and wisdom and all the things before colonizers even arrived. So I like to think of myself as way more. I am the descendant of an enslaved people. No doubt about that's real. And ramifications of it live today are real, no, no lie. But here's that thing you were talking about, right? It, to also know yourself in a much bigger arc of time. And then on um, that's one level of deep time, right? The second, another, uh, there's so many, another level of deep time is the matrix of existing. The universe is right now in this moment that. It's so vast. 
you know, people talk about looking up at the night sky, at the stars, and feeling so small. And you're just looking at a fraction of the universe. It's so much bigger than that. And you haven't even talked about your mere existence on the planet Earth. You, your little thing you call I, which is not really an I, <laughs> but your little space you occupy, of what is alive right now on the planet. And you, you are like a butterfly flapping its wings and creating currents across the globe. I say globe, that's weird. On the other side of the planet, you're creating currents with just your thoughts. Because one of the things about our particular aspect of the Earth's creation is we have conscious self-awareness. There are other beings that have conscious self-awareness. We are not the only ones. Although a lot of scientists like to talk about like we are the only ones. I'm, we are not. I'm sorry. I mean, have you spent any time with a whale or a dolphin? There's plenty of other beings on the planet who have conscious self-awareness. But we have this capacity to create conceptual conce concepts, abstractions, and which has not been a great thing, but it's been useful for some other things. So um, the point being that one of the one of the reasons why it could be that we exist in the way that we do is that we actually can conceive of the universe and speak about it among ourselves. So we could be just manifest manifestations. Some people think we're manifestations of the universe being aware of itself. Like this is why we, we've, come, we've arrived at this moment yes. in time to actually be the universe reflecting upon itself. It's just in that, in light of that, some of these things are sort of like silliness. I can't even think of a better word. Silliness. Like, really? Ron DeSantis, this is the way you're gonna have the man the universe manifesting itself to you. This is this is your your moment here. Oh, you missed a great opportunity. Um, but you know, who knows? But um, I, that's a whole other topic. Like, how is the universe manifesting <laughs> all the different beings and who are we to judge, blah, blah, blah. So I think that I wonder, now that I'm talking to you about this, I wonder if, and I think there's other ways to achieve this, but I wonder if that, like, expansive state you get into when you're just really conscious and aware in orgasm, that you are all the things and all the energy flowing through you. It's like any psychedelic experience, really. Um, I think that that is a thing that as you be able to arrive back on the planet in whatever conception every, anybody calls I, you know, whatever anyone is identifying as Oceana or Heather, and then you can in that little small I being then communicate, right? This bigger energy. And it doesn't even have to be words. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And there's that, you know, that just to come full circle, that place of eldering then is that capacity, I feel, to 
stretch into the universe and that universal consciousness and then come back to the human form while still holding it and understand there's no words. There's right. no way to describe it. And holding it then allows other people to feel it and then also allows us to find what's our piece to do. And then there's such a joy of like, this is my piece to do. And other people are doing their pieces. And there's all, it's all connected. So there's like, and and as you said earlier, the striving ends. And the action, the action doesn't end, but the striving ends. Right. When, the, when you know yourself, then you're just being so much more powerful than doing and it's so delightful oh god it's good, <laughs> it's <really> good. <laughs> oh, okay let's close on that yumminess it's delightful it's so good so i will share your uh website and how people can get in contact with you in the show notes um i'm just so grateful that our worlds have woven back together again not that they ever like in universal space time they were always connected and it's so fun to get to play with you in this way as well so thank you for your wisdom and your delight and your orgasmic energy and your heart <laughs> now we're cackling again yeah exactly which is our cackling again <laughs> oh love you my love so yummy thank you for this little respite this afternoon and whoo my head is exploding i need to go walk because this went way further than i thought it was gonna go so <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode don't forget to like subscribe and share it with a fellow warrior goddess if you felt fully empowered and inspired by what you heard today we want to know about it you can share your feedback by leaving a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We thank you for your support. It's the fastest way to fuel the revolution. To learn more about the Warrior Goddess Revolution and other Warrior Goddess offerings, visit us at www.warriorgoddess.com.